Attention, adoring fans. To more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Rob Tribble in for John Chuckery. What's that on that beat? Oh. Just waiting for it to get going. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right. This is a fun little segment I started uh, last night. Just kind of a bunch of, uh, just a hodgepodge, a bunch of uh, random numbers and uh, stats, and uh, hopefully I will wow and impress my young intrepid producer over there, Dylan Matthews. He's he's the people's producer, not just my producer. (laughs) The man of the people. All right. Now, of course, you know, if the uh, Bengals and uh, Bills are not going to play that game, this is going to be the first time since 1935 that every team doesn't play the same amount of games in the NFL. That season, the Eagles and Boston Redskins played all 11 games when every played 11 games when every All right, let's let's start this over, all right? I'm I'm too hyped, man. I'm, I'm just so hyper. I shouldn't be doing the show standing up. First time since 1935 that every team doesn't play the same amount of games in the NFL. That season, the Eagles and Boston Redskins played 11 games when everyone else, including the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Chicago Cardinals all played 12 games. Yes, Brooklyn Dodgers were a football team also. Pittsburgh Pirates, a football team also. And uh, I love these old names of players because, you you know, if you go to football reference, you can see the rosters of all the teams going back to, you know, B.C. basically. And uh, Brooklyn had such great players as Red Franklin. There's always a Red Grange, a Red Franklin. Bull Carsis. Father Lumpkin. And a guy named Mule Dowell played for the Chicago Cardinals. Mule Dowell. Man, what names. Those names are awesome. They just sound like dudes that don't need a wrench when they uh, screw off a nut, you know. (laughs) Just they don't need a wrench. Just use their two fingers and just screw that thing off. Just that old man streak. You know, Red Franklin. I bet he'd give you a handshake, make your eyes bulge out of your head. I bet Mule Dowell. That's who you want in a bar fight with you. Yeah, mess with me. Well, you're going to have to get through Mule Dowell over there. Father Lumpkin, he sounds like probably the peacemaker. (laughs) But he can he but he can lay it down if, but if, if you he make had him. To. But if he, right. he can lay it down. Father's like Father Lumpkin's like Father the Lumpkin. incredible Hulk back in the day. Not you, to be you won't like him when he's angry. That's right. But a very peaceful man, a very smart man, very peaceful until, man. Until until he's until. angry. The, the quintessential then he just bl- blacks out. Yeah, blank around and find out sort of dude, right? Not to be uh, mistaken with a uh, what's that? What's that? That singer now, Father John Misty. Is that who that is? Father Lumpkin. All right. How about this? How about this one? Percentage of U.S. apartments under construction that are unaffordable for those making less than $75,000 a year, 83%. Rent, it's too damn high. That's right, Jimmy McMillan. He ran for governor of New York, and it's one of the most epic debates you will ever see. You had Cuomo up there on stage and some other toe tag. And then you had this dude. He's got this. Uh, he didn't have a beard. He had the. It's old bro- older brother, cool as hell too. Just you can tell, he's just cat daddy cool. 
He had the the white hair, the white mustache that linked up with sideburns with no beard. You saw a picture of him, man. Isn't that crazy? Rat, it's too damn high. <laughs> oh, man. If you're making less than $75,000 a year, man, 83%. Cannot afford those apartments. That is crazy. And seventy five thousand dollars, like that, to me seems like a lot of money. I'll feel great about making seventy five thousand dollars a year right now. Well, now five years ago, seventy five thousand was seventy five thousand. Now it's more like forty. Right. You know exactly. He's got, and look, forty these days, like twenty. <laughs> I mean, ask Cardi B about the price of lettuce. She's raising up about the price of lettuce. eight dollars for lettuce. I mean, she's right though. She is. She is right. I mean, I got it. you go you go through a drive through now. You know, if I if I'm in a pinch, I just want to get some. Uh, you know, just some fast food. You know, you get you get the number one at McDonald's. It's eleven dollars, twelve dollars. Like what? That's crazy. That's why cookout is so clutch. Yeah, cookout, cookout is clutch. Cookout Over is very clutch. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. There's one right down the right down the street too. It's on Ponce. Yeah. Oh, that is Ponce. That's okay. the one on Ponce, right okay. up from the uh, Home Depot. Yeah. You know, it was you know that Home Depot parking lot, right? Uh, Where that is across not. from the Ponce City Market. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You know what that used to be, don't you? Uh uh-uh, oh, what did he, what did it used to be? I want you to look this up. It was okay. uh, it was Ponce de Leon Park. It was a that's where the Atlanta Crackers played. Yep, and it, it was a cool, it was it was cool. And they had a natural spring park there. Look up the picture. Look up Ponce de Leon Park, and you'll see across the street the building that is now Ponce City Market. It's pretty epic. I see it. Wow, isn't that, that isn't that cool? That is cool. And then you got like the skyline in the back, like the, yep. the tall buildings. Wow, that's really nice. And there's a magnolia tree that's still there. It's behind the Home Depot now. Yeah, that magnolia tree I think is like 430 feet from home plate. Wow, and it's still there. That's cr- to this day. Yep. And I did wow. a, I did a documentary on it back when I was at the CBS affiliate. I, I won I won some award. I won an AP award, a, a, a Golden Eye Shade. That's I, why I you're a legend, Rob Triple. Legend. You and Sam Crenshaw. Legend. Atlanta Black Crackers played there. Atlanta Crackers played there. Um, and, of course, you know, Lou Gehrig and uh, Babe Ruth and all those do- everybody you can think of, they would do the barnstorming tours. And they came and they played there, and apparently Babe Ruth hit one into that magnolia tree. So, yeah, that's pretty cool to see that. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, how about this? <laughs> Average drunk driver drives under the influence more than 80 times before finally being arrested for the first time. 80 times. <laughs> was that before the three-point shot? You know, <laughs> Whatever that means. 80 times. I admit I've been guilty of that. I don't mess around with that no more. I got popped for one about 20 years ago. No, probably longer than that. Longer than that. But your life is miserable, man. Not only you spend the night in jail, cars impounded, um, all the lawyer fees, then you have to go to the uh, – the, the DUI driving school, and you cannot miss one. So you have to leave work and go do that for three hours a night with some of the saddest addicts you've ever been around in your life. Bless their mm-hmm. hearts. Quick story while we're on this. Yes. So not probably, this is not my uh, finest moment, but I, it wasn't drunk driving, but I was – it's a very quick story. I was I was in probably – I think it was in high school. Yeah. Um, and I was working during the summer, and I worked for this dude, and he had a lemonade stand, real legit lemonade stand, winning events all around Georgia, so lemonade. So uh, we were doing a three-day event in Columbus, Georgia, and I was living at my mom's house in Fayetteville, Georgia, so it's about a two-hour drive or something like that. I can't remember exactly how long it was. So um, we come back, me and my friend, he was staying with me at the time, 
We come back uh, that night. I think it was we come back on Saturday or it was Friday. We come back Saturday. Anyways, I thought, well, my mom was gracious enough. She was going to wash my work clothes for me. Yeah. So she put them in the wash. And I thought usually she puts them in the dryer. She did not put them in the dryer. So I wake up I'm in a panic because my clothes are soaking wet. Oh, no. So I try to dry them real quick. Um, and so I had to wait to dry them. So me waiting for them to dry, obviously I was running late for work. I run a tight schedule, Rob Tribble. You know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I business, had everything business, planned business. out. Exactly. I had everything planned out from when I wake up to when I was going to leave, all that. So I'm running late. Best laid plan. So instead of doing the smart thing that mature Dylan would do now, an older Dylan would do now, and call my <laughs> boss, who was super cool, and just say, hey, I'm running a little bit late. Which You he were w- dumb Dylan He wouldn't have then, cared. Huh? I was dumb Dylan. I was like, no, I got to make it work on time. I, I will make it to work on time. I would have if I didn't get pulled over for doing a 116 and a Whoa. 70. Where? Uh, I don't remember where I was. I was wow. Yeah, but I was going 116 and a 70. Um, obviously, I had my license suspended for six months, and I had to pay. So you had the automatic, like, $250, however much it was, super speeder fine. Right. So it all came out to be – and the actual ticket was, I think, like $1,000 something like well, that. Not to mention what it did to your insurance at that age, dude. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 116. 116 and a 70. It was a smooth 116, though. Oh, you were <laughs> – were you driving low profile? What were you doing? <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get to work, man. Just man. all to get to work on time. And then, of course, my boss said, you know, like, I told him what happened. And he was like, you know, you just could have called me. <laughs> but you're, you're a man of urgency. You conduct yeah. your sense. You don't want to disappoint anybody. I didn't want to disappoint anybody. You get you down there at Atlanta Motor Speedway and let you take some laps. <laughs> right. You know, so funny, one of my indexes last night, you brought up lemonade stand. 34 states require permits to have a lemonade stand. Wow. Isn't that ridiculous? That's ridiculous. That is the most frivolous nonsense ever. Such a cash grab. Dumb bureaucrats. Man, I I just, I'm an anarchist, though. I am an an independent, radical, moderate anarchist. I hate all politicians. All of you. All of you. All right. Global rate. What do you think this one's going to be? Global rate for washing hands after using the toilet. What percentage of people globally wash their hands after using the bathroom? 35%. 20%. Wow. That is sad. <laughs> that I admit, is so sad. I admit a lot of times I'll only do it because somebody else is in there. I'd be embarrassed not to. A lot right. of times I get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially if you just take a tinkle. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't pee on my hands. Right. And especially if you got the rest restroom attendant with the uh, cologne and all that. So I don't want to be bothered by them. No, because they're trying to hustle you yeah, and, and, and get I can't, you to give I, a I tip. I just want to wash my hand in peace. Exactly. Now just uh, have some uh, hand sanitizer, if need be. You know how lucky DeMar Hamlin is. Of course, today we saw him. Um, and tell me if you have that sound from uh, – you do have that sound. I'm sorry if I'm dropping this on you now. It just kind of occurred to me. Uh, let's talk about uh, – let's go to um, – Josh Allen at number 15, but I don't want to qualify this first. You know how lucky DeMar Hamlin is? 90%, get this, Dylan, 90% of people who suffer an out-of-hospital heart attack die. 90%. Of course, he had the best medical care and everything else. He got to, uh, I guess he had a little Zoom meeting with his friends today, and he was flexing and uh, just joking around, saying, I love you boys, all this. That must have been a great moment. Clearly, he's speaking now. And most importantly, Brain function seems to be perfectly fine. Neurologically, everything's firing. I mean, we don't know if, he, if he's ever going to play again. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But uh, here's what Josh Allen had to uh, say after this uh, whole thing. Foot-
putting that helmet back on today was a really good thing for our, our team and just to, to kind of go through that process. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, some people are going to be changed forever, you know, after being on the field and witnessing that and, and feeling those emotions. Well, you watched the guy die. He was dead for 11 minutes. And I was talking about this last night, Dylan. You know, if you go on YouTube, I, I do believe in the afterlife. You can believe what you want, but I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian, a wretched sinner, impulsive, dirty Christian, but I am. You go on YouTube, you see people that have had near-death experiences. They go one place or other. I wonder if he had one, what he saw, if there's a story there. That, that'd be interesting because I, I do believe in the afterlife. You can believe what you want to believe. I, I would never impose my beliefs upon you. You know, we're all just trying to get through this whole thing because none of us get out of this thing alive, right, as I said earlier. So 90% of people who suffer an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest die. So unbelievable. All right, how about this? Uber and Lyft and the other rideshare things, hasn't that been a God, God say, godsend for uh, drunkards? You know, because I just talked about, yep, talked about people, the average person will drive 80 times drunk before finally getting arrested if they're prone to that sort of thing. So Uber and Lyft, clearly it's made the road safer, hasn't it? You would think so, but. Ah, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Uber, Lyft, and other ride-sharing services have contributed to a 3% increase in traffic deaths, this according to the University of Chicago. And it's due to something called deadheading. That's when, and you'll see it right out here in front of Colony Square, where the driver recklessly maneuvers through the streets in search of passengers. Isn't that crazy? Just crazy, man. But they got, I, don't, I didn't see what the study says about how, how if uh, DUIs have gone down because of Uber and Lyft. Clearly not in the athlete community. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Heard an interesting thing about this, though. Athletes, a lot of times, and of course, they have ride-sharing things offered to them through the team, but they don't want to use it because they don't want the team thinking they're drinking a lot because that could interfere with them during a contract. A couple of them real quick. That's interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, only 2% of the shoes sold in the United States are actually made here, but why not when you have Uyghurs in China making them for free at the point of a bayonet? 12,000 injuries associated with falling mounted flat-screen TVs annually. <laughs> Last one, only 9% of Americans say that baseball is their favorite sport, 37% football. I agree. I love baseball, played baseball, but I'm not watching the Blue Jays play the Tampa Bay Rays on a Tuesday night in May. I ain't doing it. All right, we're going to come back. Let's talk a little Falcon, shall we? And then we're going to wrap things up with uh, that epic broadcasting institution known as uh, Dylan Matthews' own Rankum. Sports Radio, 1990 game. It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Rob Tribble for uh, John Chuckery. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game on this beautiful blustery happening. Friday night, we got the B-52s and Casey and the Sunshine Band going on down the street of the Fox Theater. My, my girl is there, so she's having fun as I work. My second job of the day. It's okay, princess. <laughs> she, she supports herself, though. It's okay. <laughs> so, Falcons uh, closing out the season on Sunday. And, of course, everyone's wondering, Desmond Ritter is going to have 200-and-something snaps to uh, evaluate on going into the offseason. I've always maintained you got to bring in a, a veteran free agent, some 
some journeyman type dude to push him. But it seems like he has all the uh, attributes of someone that could be a really good quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, at all, all of them. But it seems like he certainly seems to have the composure, the maturity, certainly better arm strength than uh, Marcus Mariota. Now, he doesn't have – he has above-average arm strength. But he has – I've seen him zip a few balls. He threw that sidearm ball to Drake London in uh, the game a couple of weeks ago, and that was pretty impressive. So it seems like he has a lot of things going for him, and it was good for him. More importantly, last weekend, he led the Falcons on that, what, 72-yard drive for the game-winning field goal. Of course, he doesn't have a touchdown pass yet. But you guys got to remember – Peyton Manning won, what, one game his rookie year? Troy Aikman got the hell beat out of him in Dallas his first year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be either one of those guys, but how do we know? I think he's going to be just fine, though. I think he's going to be competent. He's going to surprise you. I think he's going to, so slow. He's going to show flashes of brilliance. And, of course, he's going to do some head-scratching things as well. Also has the athletic ability. Seems to be tough. Does have a lot of experience coming out of college. But it begs to differ, though. Why is it so hard for teams to get the quarterback position right? I mean, there is no position that teams miss on more than quarterback. And there's many reasons for it. You got to look at this. There are so few coaches that are absolutely really qualified to coach the position. They're just not. For whatever reason. And Bill Walsh, the legendary 49ers uh, coach, he said it's the hardest to evaluate and the hardest to coach. Who's one of the best at it? It's been Andy Reid, certainly. Look what he did with Alex Smith. Alex Smith won a lot of games in Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes certainly came in with a bunch of talent. But Andy Reid coached him up and taught him how to streamline that talent and use it in such a successful way to where he's one of the he, – I think he's one of the best to ever do it so far. But Andy Reid was good with Donovan McNabb, A.J. Feely even, and not to mention Patrick Mahomes. What does a quarterback need to be? Clearly, they have to be smart, athletic, accurate, composed. And the one thing that so many quarterbacks suffer from, they don't get the ball out of their hands quick enough. So there's like that, you've got to have that that lightning quick synapse between brain and release. When you see the guy open, get rid of the ball. Some guys hold on to the ball too long. That's why Tom Brady's really been successful. The fact he's still, even to this day at 45, he still gets rid of the ball remarkably fast. And apparently he's going to play on Sunday. I'm thinking probably play a half, though. But clearly that Buccaneers offense has sputtered and looked bad this year. So I think Brady wants to play so at least they can try to clean things up heading into the playoffs. Because the Buccaneers defense is still quite good. That offense has just been horrible this year. But the fact that uh, Brady had that 430-yard game on Sunday, that leads me to believe he's coming back. Is he going to Vegas? You guys got to remember, the Miami Dolphins lost a draft pick. There's only going to be 31 picks in the first round this year. The Dolphins lost a draft pick because of the Sean Payton-Tom Brady tampering thing that went down. So does Sean Payton go back to New Orleans and bring Brady with him? Does Tom Brady go to Vegas? I'm convinced Brady's coming back next year, at least for one more year. But getting back to uh, how difficult it is to evaluate this position, think about this. For every Pat Mahomes, or even Matt Ryan for that matter, 
there's a Jamarcus Russell or a Ryan Leaf. And remember Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning famously has a big heated debate. Oh, we got to take Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. And Ryan Leaf ended up being a disaster. He was horribly immature, had all the tools, though, had the size and the arm strength. And his life just fell apart. He, he was such an addict. He was breaking into houses and stealing stuff from people's medicine cabinets. But he has totally turned his life around. He's like a motivational speaker now. He's talking to teams. He is, um, it's, it's a great story. The Ryan Leaf story is great. He's very humble now. He's horrified at what he was back in the day. And he turned it around. And that's why I get so tired of uh, the society now where we just cancel people forever for a mistake. Because people can change, and you're not without sin either, but I digress. But what they do now, and Ryan Leaf kind of set a precedent too. Now they go way back in your background. Going back to grammar school, they'll talk to your music teacher at Warren G. Harding Grammar School in Paducah, Kentucky. So they do extensive background checks. But the thing is, though, at the Combine, you're only allowed a 15-minute interview. And I think uh, when you're interviewing something for such a valuable position, the most important position in sports, it seems like they're not necessarily psychologically astute enough to really read a player and his personality and everything else because a lot of times the worst people on earth can be the most charming people on earth. I've, te- I've said this story many times. My ex-wife was a forensic psychologist before moving on to the VA. She would have to sit across from murderers and interview them to see if they were fit to stand trial or, you know, or NGRI, not guilty for reason of insanity. And she said some of those guys were the most charming, sweet, nicest guys in the world. They're con artists. And uh, those personality disorders can bleed over into regular people. They can have that still, that same narcissistic, antisocial, sociopathic disorder, but they don't necessarily murder people. Think about it this way. A lot of your CEOs of companies, they're sociopaths. They don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. They'd never hurt anybody because they don't want to lose their uh, station in life, but they have the same traits. And I wonder who does the interviewing if they can really read somebody because if somebody is really polished and articulate and a good sense of humor and everything else, it could be a mask and a fake. And I think that's where the the process, maybe that's the most difficult thing. That 15-minute interview is not enough. And the fact that you have so got, so many guys coaching the quarterback position who aren't qualified to do so. And my big thing has been, with all these elite quarterback camps going on now, why can't they get the position right? Still about 50% of quarterbacks taken in the first round end up being busts. And it's the most overcoached, evaluated, scrutinized position, yet you can't seem to get it right. Does it come back to that 15-minute interview? I I don't know. It's a fascinating thing because it is so hard to evaluate. How many guys have we seen that look great coming off the bus? Oh, my gosh, he's he's 6'5", 220 with a howitzer of an arm. Oh, and he's a little uh, little mobile, too. He's just like a Josh Allen, only to realize they can't play. For whatever reason, I think a big thing is a lot of them aren't able to get the ball out of their hand quick enough because that synapse between brain and hand to release the ball is just just a tick slow, and that could be all the difference in the world. It is such a fascinating thing. 
And Desmond Ritter seems to have all these things. Now, of course, he will never be Mahomes or Herbert or Aaron Rodgers or Brady, but he could be pretty successful, though. And I think he'll be just fine. And if you just supplement this team, if you can get a generationally nasty defense, you got the running game. This has the makings of a brilliant old-school football team that can win a lot of games and perhaps a championship. Because it'll never go out of style. Like I said, it'll go out of style, but it never stops being effective. It was sexy to throw the ball all around the field, but a great defense and a great running game will still and always will win games in the NFL. And you've got that template now here with Tyler Algier and Huntley and and CP, all those guys. You're going to have Calvin Pitts back. you got Drake London. you got Zacchaeus. Pretty good offensive line. You can supplement that up the middle, maybe at center and the other guard position. But there are some really good pieces on this team, but you have to devote a lot of them to the defense. And I'm saying your first two picks should be an edge guy, interior defensive lineman to help Grady out. Then you're probably going to have to get some depth at cornerback. That could come in the third round. You can, found, you can find a very useful, good wide receiver to be a, a – a, your third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver in the fourth, fifth round. You can find some good dudes there. There's value there. And I, I say it all the time. This isn't the NBA draft where for more times than not, anything outside the top ten is trash. And that's not even necessarily true for the NBA. But that people look at the NFL draft the same way as the NBA. Like Falcons went on Sunday. Right now they're going to choose, I think, sixth. Maybe seventh. If they lose, maybe eighth or ninth. It doesn't mean you can't get that dude. But what bothers me about Terry Fontenot is, and he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know, and it's that old old debate, best player available, or do you draft for need? But what if that best player available plays a position where you have a lot of depth at? You know, draft for need. And there's a lot of edge rushers, good ones in this draft. There's a guy out of Tennessee, I can't remember his name. He didn't play football when he got out of high school. He was working at a Dollar General store, saw a tryout for the Georgia Military Academy. Forgive me for not knowing his name, but you know the story. Tried out for football there now at Tennessee. Now he's projected middle first round, maybe early second round draft pick. There's a lot of guys you can fortify that defense with. Supplement that offensive line. We ain't far away, folks. I think we've got our coach. I do. A lot of you are kind of thinking a certain way. You complain about his play calling. Well, it's never going to be perfect. But it just seems like the proper culture's there. I like Terry Fontenot a lot. I think he's uh, pretty bright. He helped Sean Payton build those Saints teams. I think he has a pretty good eye for talent. I actually think what he did this year was pretty remarkable based on the fact that, financially speaking, I've said it before, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot are trying to operate with a plastic bag over their head, handcuffed with their ankles bound, tied to a cinder block thrown in the Hudson River. But he's brought in some guys that can play on one-year prove-it deals, and a lot of these guys can be depth pieces next year because you do need depth, and it's really tough to have depth in the NFL. This isn't like college football where, you know, if your front two uh, linebackers go out, well, you just plug in another four-star if you're Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia, or, or whomever. So there are some pieces here, and a quick turnaround is possible. I mean, 
I, I'm going to watch Sunday. I'm not going to be all that interested, but I'm going to be interested in what Ritter does, and I'm, I'm probably going to have to watch and really see who should come back next year. Lorenzo Carter's interesting. Pretty good at the run, but Chuck Smith was saying he's got to prove it rushing the quarterback. So it's just amazing how all the evaluation, all the scrutiny, and it's the most coached position in all the sports, it seems like, with all the elite camps and everything else, and it's still tough to get it right based on a bunch of reasons. All right, we're going to come back, wrap it up, and then I'm going to hit the streets. We're going to rank them. Coming up next. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make sure Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. All right, we're in the home stretch. Rob Trimler for John Chuckery. Hawks basketball coming up top of the hour. There's Staples Center tonight. Not the Staples Center, just Staples Center. Is it still Staples Center or is it called something else now? Crypto.com Arena, I believe, or Crypto Arena or something like that. You know, cryptocurrency has taken over the world, Rob Tribble. Uh, I heard it's been bottoming out too, though. Yeah. Some people have unfortunately been losing their lives over it as well. <laughs> Did you think? Yeah. So. <laughs> just just put your cash in a mason jar, bury it in the backyard. There you go. That's all you got. Works do. every time. We're putting your mattress. All right, man. We finna rank them, so let's rank them. Let's rank them. All right, Rob. We got some interesting national days today, my friend. Oh, more national. There's always something in there. That's always so something. It cracks me up. All right, here we go. Rank these four national days today: National Technology Day, National Shortbread Day. National Bean Day and National Cuddle Up Day, Rob Tribble. You Cuddle feeling, Up. Yeah, you yes. feeling a little cuddly. Yes. <laughs> Cuddle, number one. Yeah, got to be. Bean, number two. Shortbread makes me thirsty. <laughs> number three. <laughs> Tech Day, number four, because technology has done nothing but actually destroy Western civilization. It's made us mean. It's made us uh, less self-reliant. Nobody can uh, fix anything anymore. Nobody can grow their own food anymore because... We think we're so smart because we have technology. Technology has only made us dumber. dumber. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I have it's a true. technology rank them um, in, oh, okay, in honor good. of technology rank okay. them. We'll do that a little bit later. First, we'll talk about beans and bread. So, first, rank these beans black beans, lima beans, kidney beans, or string beans? Black, lima, kidney, string. String. Oh, I'm a big bean guy. I could tell. I could tell by how you how you put them up yeah. in the, in the well, national well, days. Well, when I make chili, and I, I do. Some people don't even put beans in their chili, which is crazy. We, I actually crazy. had chili today, and we it, there was beans in the chili. Yes, I'll put kidney beans and black beans in there. I love it. See, kidney beans and black beans are one and one a. Yes, because black beans are so good too. Right? They're amazing. Lima beans, little gassy. I didn't like them growing up. My, my grandmother Same. called them butter beans. Yeah, but butter beans, that's right. <laughs> they're going to come in at number four. Okay. Straight beans are a three. I love so it. Kidney and black are they're co-national champions in the bean world. Also, another good bean that will that didn't make the list, but we'll make an honorable mention, green beans, especially if you make them in some turkey neck. Absolutely. Yeah. I even, I even agree with that country-ass dish. Yeah. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with that. All right. Next, bread. We have the shortbread on the list in honor of National Shortbread Day. That makes you thirsty, sure. Shortbread, white bread, wheat bread, or pumpernickel? White, wheat, pumpernickel. Or shorts. Well, I grew up on the white Wonder Bread, though. There you, you go. Know? Wonder Bread's good stuff. 
And something about white bread with the barbecue, too. Oh, man, it hits every time. White bread's one, wheat's two, pumpernickel. That's a fine bread in its own right, three. I'm a big bread guy, big toast guy. Toast I is love one of toast. my favorite. Do you pre-butter the toast when you before you put it in the oven? Or I have not it? done that. Oh. I need to start doing that. You're welcome. Right. Game Thank changer. you. You really just unlock something yeah, for your me. Your homework assignment That's before crazy. we get back together on Tuesday. I will not yeah. be here Monday because of my other gig. Pre-butter the toast. Put it in the oven on broil. Game wow. changer. Put the honey or jam on it. You man. really just unlock something there, Rob. Man. Oh, man. I'm going to have to try that. All right. You're welcome. All right. Since you love technology so much, Rob. <laughs> I hate it. The best technology out right now. Smartphones, electric cars, VR goggles, virtual reality goggles, or Alexa. Oh, I'm going to say none. So we have smartphone, <laughs> virtual reality, Alexa. What was the other one? Electric cars. Electric cars. Well, electric cars are not as effective as you think because now with all the power shortages, like they're having rolling blackouts and in California, they're recommending you don't, you don't charge your electric car <laughs> right. to save energy. <laughs> and number one, do you know how uh, the materials for those batteries are mined? Six-year-old kids in Africa digging with their hands, basically. The cobalt. Oh, no. It's terrible. It's terrible. That is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Smartphone has killed attention spans. People can't be present anymore. Nope. How many times have you seen people sitting around a table at a restaurant? Nobody's lo- looking at each other, always on their oh, phone. Yep. My girlfriend, I, I sometimes I want to strangle her. Not that I would actually do it, but she's yeah. she's married to her damn phone. Just mindlessly scrolling. Yep. That's what we do. I, I'm even guilty of it, Rob. We just mindlessly scroll a lot of the times. Like, we're... Like, we automatically get to the point, like, if we're bored, we just go straight to our phones. We just yep. scroll, like, not even looking for anything. We just mindlessly scroll well, on Twitter or TikTok start, or whatever. Well, that's why my feet start tingling on the toilet because I'm looking at Instagram and TikTok. Exactly. exactly. I'm just going to go Alexa and everything else. can. In virtual reality, that's an escapism from reality. And right. I think it's kind of creepy. It is kind of cool, though. Yeah. I'm just going to say virtual reality and all the other ones could go away. Even Alexa, who spies on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did Alexa's about- a spy. I love this story. Did you hear about the parrot that knew how to? Uh, it talked really well. It yeah. knew how to speak to Alexa. It kept ordering treats for itself, and Amazon, really, Amazon kept delivering treats. Oh, I I, I need to see how that, much of a bill that parrot ran. It up. is so funny. That's man. hilarious. Right, so uh, so it's a uh, virtual reality and nothing else. Nothing All else. of it can go to hell. It's, it's destroyed us. Okay, let's talk about some football now. As right. we the Falcons do play on Sunday, we're getting the NFL playoffs here pretty soon. Rank these defensive players just Ooh. on how you would rank them all time. Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor, Mean Joe Green, Deion Sanders. Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor, Mean Joe, and Deion. Yep. Oh, well, LT's one. I yeah, mean, he, yeah he, he's got to be number one. And yeah. he played all. He, he played all. He was all hyped up on coke when he played. Just crazy. <laughs> he was. True story. I'm gonna go LT one, Deion two. Mean Joe three and Aaron Donald four because the old the old dudes are always going to go with those dudes. We we love our dudes. You're nostalgic about them, you know. Yes. All right. Sticking with some ranking some athletes. Rank these Olympic athletes how you see fit best all time. Katie Ledecky, Jesse Owens, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. Ledecky, Jesse Owens, Phelps, and who's the other one? Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Ooh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jesse one because of what he meant. Yeah. The middle finger to Hitler, you know. Yep. I'm gonna go Bolt two, Phelps three, Katie Ledecky four. Love it. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Let's talk about some TV shows here. Some 
some old school TV shows that, you know. I, I can't wait to see what you consider old school. This is going to be great. <laughs> these are going to be very old school to you probably. I mean, these are probably like when you were in. These are probably prime Rob Triple time. Okay, we'll see. Let's see. Full House. <laughs> that 70s show. Family Matters. Seinfeld. Uh, Full House. That 70s show. Family Matters. Yep. And Seinfeld. How do you rank them? Full House. I'm, not, I'm sorry. Do it again. Full House. That 70s show. Family Matters. Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go Seinfeld 1. That 70s show, too. And that's hilarious. When they're sitting around getting stoned downstairs. Yeah. And the father. Yes. There's a new one coming out with the really? same parents. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, Family Matters 3. Full House 4. There we go. So how much, just out of curiosity, did you watch any of those? And if you did, how much did you consume? I watched a ton of that 70s show. A yeah. ton of Seinfeld. Full House is always on. You know, it was. Yeah. I saw it. Right. You know, I, I get it. Never paid too much attention and to it. And Family Matters, that was with uh, Urkel, right? Yes. Yep. Eh, I didn't like that one very much. Did I do that? Yeah, that got on my nerves. Rob, we just passed the holidays. You were talking about everybody. This has kind of been the grind week for yep. everybody, everybody yep. coming back from work. So let's go back to Christmas just for a second here. Your favorite Christmas cocktails rum and eggnog, some mulled wine. What's what kind of wine? Mold wine, like what? with with like you warm it up with spices. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. Hot chocolate with some Baileys in it, or just a regular old Christmas punch. Punch is for uh, rum and egg. Oh man, hot chocolate in the morning. All right, do the hot chocolate in the morning with the Baileys. Oh yeah, and I'll, I'll do the mold wine too. That. I can smell it now. It smells yeah. Christmasy and cinnamony. Yeah. The rum and eggnog, that's going to be at night at Christmas Eve. So oh, I, have, yeah. I have a, a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. There you drink. go. And Having a the, great uh, Christmas Eve all day the long. Punch, the punch, I'll, I'll, I'll do the punch last. So right. there we go. Okay. Got <laughs> a couple of more for you before we, right. uh, before we head to break and wrap things up on the other side. Better chance at MVP on Monday for the Georgia Bulldogs. Stetson Bennett, Brock Bowers. Kenny McIntosh or Jalen Carter? Stetson Brock, Jalen McIntosh. Yes, and this is actually going to be our last one. We'll close out on the dogs. Interesting. Kenny McIntosh, one. Jalen, two. Yeah. Brock, three. Oh, no, no, I'm going to relive that. No, no. Okay. They run that 3-3-5, which means your tight ends might be able to thrive. Mm, you're right. Brock is one. Stetson, two. McIntosh, three. Jalen, four. There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, you challenged me there. <laughs> you saw how the process works, right, though. Right. You, saw the, you had to think through You it. saw the wheels turning. You thought through it. All right, we're going to come back, wrap it up, then hand it over to Mike Conti getting ready for Hawks-Lakers next, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Rob Triple for John Chuckman. All right, Dylan, I got your homework assigned for the weekend. Pre-butter the toast, put it on broil. Game changer. I can't I can't put into words how I'm excited to do this. Man, how excited I am to do this. Put the honey on or whatever what kind of jam are you gonna put on there? To be quite honest with you, I'm not a jam guy at all. Honey? I don't like the texture. I do like honey, so oh, it'll oh, probably be oh, honey. Oh, you'll, you'll, you're gonna eat a you're gonna eat a loaf of bread. 
I believe it. Here's something for you. There's a lot of funny nicknames out there in the world of of sports, college sports specifically. Here's one you're going to keep revisiting all weekend, and you're going to be giggling every time you do it. Rhode Island School of Design. Are you familiar with this, Dylan Matthews? (laughs) I am not. (laughs) I know it's going to be funny. The Rhode Island School of Design, their hockey team is known as the Nads. So what is the uh, chant? Go! Nads. Nads. Their mascot is called Scrody. I will hang up and listen. Look at Scrody right now. I want your reaction. For we okay. got we got a minute left. S C R O T I E Rhode Island School of Design. And I invite you to play along at home as well. Rhode Island School of Design. Scrody is the mascot. <laughs> Rob Tribble. Rob Tribble. Isn't that the greatest thing ever? Oh my God! This is this is real. Yes, it is real. This is real. They have a hockey team. Yes. Rob, why? <laughs> why is this a Come thing? Come on, you cannot tell me. You, oh. would, you cannot tell me you wouldn't get the merch. No, I would not get the merch. <laughs> I would not get the merch. And I see a and I see a coffee mug right here. Yes. I see a coffee. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that Island, is great though. Rhode Island School of Design. Oh jeez. Look up the mascot. Show your friends. You'll giggle all weekend. Buy the merch. You're welcome. Stand by for the Hawks game. Dylan, fantastic job, my friend. Thank you, brother. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. Go dogs!